Your Tone of Voice with Shannon Dalton Giordano. From Serendipity Social Media, Inc., this is Episode 21 on What Has My Attention Podcast. Social media strategy largely escapes me, but storytelling has my attention. So after first having a Zoom conversation with Shannon, I knew I wanted to have another conversation with her and share it with you. This is what has my attention. Welcome to another episode of What Has My Attention, and today I've got the pleasure of having Shannon Dalton Giordano. <laughs> we were playing with her name early before we start recording, and I met uh, I met Shannon uh, through Eileen Cox. Eileen, I met through actually Mary Kravitz, WatchUsThrive.com, you know, uh, workshops. Have you actually been to that, Shannon? I haven't actually, no. Mary does a really, really excellent job. So anyway, it's like we we had an initial conversation a week or so ago, um, Shannon and I did, and it was just, it was a great conversation, and you started talking about this thing called tone of voice, and uh, you've been pivoting yourself a little bit, right? I have, yeah, many times through my life, but I think uh, in the past year definitely has have made a bit of a pivot. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about Shannon, just go to serendipitysocialmedia.com. And I'll mention it again at the end. And remind me if I don't, but I probably will. So regarding what has your attention, we discussed tone of voice. So I'm just kind of curious. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that all means, tone of voice? I mean, I love it because I'm in audio. So tone of voice really has my attention. Exactly. You know, I think um, I think about it on so many levels. I am someone who loves music. I'm a singer. Love to sing just for fun, not for not for profession. So I think about tone of voice that way. But I think um, I really think about tone of voice is how we show up. It's the words we use. Mm. It's the way we talk. It's the way we treat people. And I think that certainly from a brand perspective, that often brands don't think about their tone of voice enough. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about the written word. Yeah, I am talking about the written word. So it sounds funny since tone really makes it sound like it's going to be something audible. But I I mean, yeah, the words that you're using on social media, in blog posts, in advertising, um, the ways that you talk to people and Mm -hmm. really thinking about how do you want people to view you? Do you want them to see you as warm and inviting and inclusive? Do you want to be fun? Do you want to be snarky? Do you want to be cutting edge? There's all sorts of ways you can impact your tone of voice so that people understand who you are and how you're trying to show up. Mm -hmm. So do you recommend people start from a place of being themselves? Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this before, but that's one of the gifts of COVID that I'm seeing on social media is that people are showing up as themselves in a much more real way. I mean, you even have, you know, major banks advertising about what their people are doing, you know, during COVID to stay healthy, to stay connected. So I see a lot of good behavior, fewer stock mm-hmm. images, fewer you know, people trying to hide behind everything be, being perfect and instead coming forward and using words that really describe who they are. Yeah, especially during a time of COVID, right? Yeah, absolutely. My experience is, is- it has stopped a lot of people. Well, it stopped myself. I won't talk about anybody else. I'll talk about my own experience and say that, well, the only thing I had to really consider in terms of pivoting, 
I wasn't interested in pivoting, doing anything else. And Mary Kravitz actually was really good at that in the beginning. She started WatchUsThrive.com, and she said right off at the top, don't even think about pivoting to another business. You know, you really want to start another business? Just take your business and figure out a different way of doing it, you know? So for me, for me, I had a studio. Well, I still have a studio, but it's been closed. So I had to figure out a way to actually create high-quality remote recording, which I was able to do. And it was not that challenging for me, but it Mm. was actually a lot of fun. And what I've been focusing on lately, just people know this, is that I've been really focusing on writing myself. And I joined Kent Sanders' um, Daily Writer Group. And then you, per my request, have been sending me some of the writings. And I've really been enjoying them. Back to tone of voice, you know, you have a wonderful tone of voice. You really do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think it's about storytelling. You know, it's sort of like... You know, I liken it back to Seinfeld. Seinfeld was a show about nothing, but they filled this half hour with the most in, like, kind of informational, interesting, fun, quirky stuff. Yeah. So you just think about, you know, like this, like this podcast, what's on your mind right now, and then figure out how to tell that through a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see behind me, but I have a couple of books that um, I'm just really leading with in my life. And one of them is Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. So stories had a big, you know, it's just been eye-opening for me in terms of how to create a story. So you want to talk a little bit more about how you approach a story? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I kind of start from what's the, the thing that I'm trying to share? And then I try to think about what in my life, why is that meaningful to me? And usually it bubbles up some story, whether it's about music or whether it's about a family member or training my dog or whatever it is to try to to use an anecdote to connect with people, because I think it does two things. It really gets the point I'm trying to make across, but it also lets them have a little glimpse into my personality, who I Mm. am, like what I think is important, what I think is interesting. Yeah, what's your dog have to do with social, uh, you know, (laughs) serendipitysocialmedia.com, you know? I know, I was like, yeah. Actually, how does it, how does it relate? Well, for me, it was this um, kind of a humbling moment, you know, of trying to train my dog. I have this great dog. Her name's Gracie. She's a schnook. She's a sled dog. She's gorgeous, but she's all over the place. She's jumping up on people. She's full of love. And so I realized that I wasn't being consistent with her. I was kind of having her jump up on me and I thought it was so great. And then she would jump up on someone else and I would tell her, no, don't do that. That's terrible. And then I realized it's the same sort of thing we do when we're trying to show up on social media too. If you're not consistent, if you're not you know, mm. out there as, as often as you can be and sharing consistent messaging, then it's confusing. People don't know who you are. They don't know why they'd want to buy your services. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So in the stories you've been sending me, it's like I there's this thread and it it just has me. I, I actually get them in an email and then I send them to my iPad and then I at night, I it's kind of my nighttime reading things, which I really, really enjoy. So have you, have you seen a shift in social media and are you still working in social media? Because I got in our initial conversation that there's been some changes for you. Yeah. So pre COVID, I was mainly a marketing arm for a small business or entrepreneur. So writing all of their social media posts. And I Mm -hmm. still do that to a degree, but for the most part now I'm doing much more with strategy sessions, trying to help business owners and entrepreneurs figure out their strategy. Because I think a lot of people Um, keep trying things on social media and not understanding Mm. why they don't work. And sometimes it can just be a really easy, small switch, whether it's just that 
everything you're posting is promotional, so people are tuning you out, or right. maybe you think you're getting your message across, but it really doesn't make sense and people don't know what you do. Um, mm -hmm. So it, I've been spending a lot more time trying to get under the covers with business owners to figure out what are they doing now and how to put a strategy in place that makes sense for them. And also how to read the analytics and insights and understand what's working and what's not. Because I think mm -hmm. sometimes we all just keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. What's that right. definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So Yes, yes. So what do you find the most of the mistakes or the most common mistakes that people make in social media or businesses make in social media? I think one of the biggest is confusing brand messaging. So you're all over the place talking about all kinds of different mm. things. Um, I, you know, I've worked with a client who did a lot of trying to highlight other businesses, which is a wonderful thing to do in your community. And I highly recommend doing that. But if you only do that, then people don't know what you do. Yeah. So it's wonderful. They follow your post. They like your post, but they're never going to hire you or buy something from you because they really don't know what you do because all you do is feature a different community member every week on your social media. So you know, trying to work in how do you bring your brand messaging in. Other times, I think it's a lot of promotional posts. And so people like, oh, buy this product. This is a great product. I love this product. Buy this product. And so even people who love you get tired of that kind of messaging and they kind I of tune it do. out. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, a lot of times I'll sign up for a newsletter and next thing you know, I have three emails a week, sometimes yeah. twice a day. And I, you know, I stay for, I don't know, maybe a week to just read some of it, but then I opt out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I decided actually in my email campaigning, I decided no more than um, once every two weeks. Mm. And if people want more information, they can opt into another feed to get more information. But just don't inundate people right off the bat. Yeah, it's true. I think it's much more effective to tell stories that are targeted to the pain points of the clients that you want to mm -hmm. reach. Mm -hmm. So then they see themselves in your stories without you even having to say, buy this thing, hire me. Yeah. Yeah. So it also shows your level of empathy for them, mm. which empathy is a big part of, you know, really connecting with people. Absolutely. So it's like, uh, you know, I've been to member of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce and they do first Friday breakfasts. And specifically last year, we had, there was one this morning, it was a great presenter, but typically out of the 11 they do in a year, there's really only about mm, maybe three that I just don't find myself tuning out of. Yeah. And largely it's because they get up and this is kind of equates to social media and marketing, but they get up and they spend 10 minutes talking about everything they've done. That's great. Mm. And, every, and, and a lot of times it's something that happened 20 years ago where yeah. somebody that gets up and, and, you know, basically says two years ago, I was living in my car and then people go, what? And then the story kind of evolves. And a lot of those people in the audience have been through some of these struggles and concerns and fears about, oh, my God, am I going to make it or am I going to have to live in my car? So right. there's a there's a whole connection thing. And then the story, you know, usually evolves into something they did that really made a difference and a change. Yeah, I think that's so much more interesting. I mean, you have me right off the bat. If you say two years ago, you were living in your car. I just, because no matter what the journey took you those two years, I'd love to know about it. That, you know, yeah. much more interesting than, you know, yeah. I have an MBA from Harvard or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious about the program you have because I honestly want to promote it. And uh, I, you know, I think it's really awesome. So do you, do you work mostly with people that already have a social media presence or new people? 
Hey, Shannon, I want to start doing social media. I mean, do you work with those people too? I do. I do work with the the newbies. Um, I would say my sweet spot is someone who feels like they're all over social media and it's just not working. Because that's where I really, I can kind of come in. Um, I have this half day, I call it a half day VIP strategy session. So I do an hour's worth of work, lots of research on what you're doing now, what your competitors are doing. And then we come together in three hours and hammer out a social media strategy and content calendar that's going to set you up for the next three months. And then from there, of course, I have add-ons where people, I can meet with people on a quarterly basis and kind of look back to what they're doing, see what else they should do in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's fun. I love to do that. But I, I always will help if someone says to me, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. Can you spend an hour or two to help me get going? Because sometimes there are very small things that they seem very intuitive to me because I live in those systems every day. But to mm-hmm. someone who's not logging in a lot, it's, you know, it's not intuitive. Mm-hmm. So do you do a lot of the writing or any of the adjustments yourself? Or do you have people that do that? Or you work with their team? Yeah. So um, the folks that I'm coaching, then they then go off and do the writing themselves and I help them strategically figure out what to do. I do have writers that I send people to as well if they want ongoing social media. Mm-hmm. I myself do, I do do a lot of writing as well. So I'll revamp someone's LinkedIn profile. I love to work on that with someone to try to figure out, I call it the about section is like your superpower section. It's where you have to talk in the first person and tell about yourself. So there's, there's fun things that like point in time kinds of um, writing that I do. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's just the ongoing month to month writing posts every day. I, I tend to have folks, partners that I work with on that. Yeah, that's really nice. Now I'm going to segue into a question that's just strange. When is the last time you just couldn't stop laughing? Oh my gosh, I laugh all the time. Um, <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, it's, you know, that's really funny. I have, so I have a, my best friend from college lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We don't see each other all that often, but um, this past year, my dad passed away and I was feeling kind of low. So I texted her and said, you know, just send me all your funny stuff. So she sends me, she videos herself in funny situations or she sends me funny um, memes and graphics that she finds. And for some reason, we have exactly the same sense of humor. Mm -hmm. We are different as night and day, but we have exactly the same sense of humor. And so I, I laugh all the time. And sometimes I just open the, the chat from her and just look at what she's done. But she'll take a, you know, she'll do a video of herself waking up in the morning with her hair all crazy. And with anyway, she just, it's just silly, yeah. silly laughter. But we had great adventures in college and we continue, but now we're from afar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like a personal feed very much like TikTok. You know, a lot of people get on TikTok just to laugh. At least I do. Exactly. I mean, the cat videos are really, really fun. I mean, they are. I love TikTok. Yeah. We use a, an app too called Marco Polo. I don't know if you've used that, but yeah, it's I've like a video. It. Yeah. It's like a video messaging app, which is really fun. You're not on at the same time, really, but you're videoing to each other, yeah. which is fun. No, it sounds fun. The, I was going to say the TikTok, the one I've been following lately is this this couple, um, young couple, and they have two cats. And the guy, like, well, the other day he released a video and it's like she walks into the bedroom and he's laying down on the bed with like slices of cucumbers on his eyes <laughs> and stuff. And the cat is sitting right beside him under the covers with cucumbers on his eyes. And she goes, what are you doing? And he says, we're having a spa day. Oh my and then gosh. she tries to take the cucumbers off the cat's eyes and the cat bites her and slaps <laughs> at her and leave me alone. I'm having a spa day. The cat so, wants a spa day. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's like, 
Yeah, we'll maybe talk later about it, but at some point I want to bring some humor into my social feed because that's who I am. That's a, it's not who I am, but it is a part of who I am because I do have a saying, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it or yeah. I'll make it fun. I love that. And you yeah. can do that with stories on Instagram and on Facebook because those stories are much more meant to be kind of behind the scenes, you know, a, mm -hmm. a, few, a day in the life, what I'm doing behind the scenes. You can make them really fun. Yeah, that's great. So in social media, what's recently had your attention in terms of because it seems to always be in change. It is always in change. There's a few things. In, there's good and bad. So the good that's had my attention, I really enjoy TikTok. I really enjoy Reels. So on Instagram, Reels yeah. is sort of the, you know, the answer to, to uh, TikTok for, you know, and I go down rat holes. I love to watch the animal ones. I love to watch the dance ones too, I guess, because I have 16 year old twin boys and I, I see some of these moms with their kids doing these great dance moves. And I think, oh my gosh, I would make such a fool out of myself. So I, I really do go down a rat hole with that. I love it. Um, on the negative side, what has my attention, which I'm trying to decipher and figure through for my clients is Facebook has decided that they're going to get rid of the insights tab. They don't care about reporting on organic reach necessarily for businesses and individuals anymore. And I, I think they're going to have new answers for that through business manager. So if mm. your account is set up properly, you'll be okay, but I've got to figure it out. I've got to get to the bottom of it because I'm constantly telling people they need to look at their insights and they should know their insights. And if I can't say that anymore, yeah. I need to have a backup plan. Right. Yeah. Well, hmm. I'm not a big fan of Facebook and I'll just be transparent and say, I just do not approve of Mark yeah. Zuckerberg's behavior or the business model. And then people say, I have to, because that's where I get my business. So how do you answer that question? I mean, you're in the business of that in a sense, but how right. do you, how do you, how do you come to terms with this? I'm just curious. Well, the first thing I would say is if a client ever says to me, I hate a certain platform, whatever it is, uh -huh. I'm on Twitter, but I hate Twitter. I always say, you really shouldn't be on a platform you hate, really. Right. I mean, or you just yeah. shouldn't be spending your time or pay somebody else to do it for you because honestly, it's a lot of time we put into social media. So if you're mm -hmm. on a platform you hate, that's a that's terrible. I think the goodness in Facebook um, right now I, I see is, is in Facebook groups. So being able to establish a group where you're, you get to share your message with people who really want to hear it or being part of groups I get my best advice from, I'm in a couple of groups from an alumni association where I went to college. And I, you know, if I need to know what surgeon should my son go to for a surgery that's upcoming or like get really personal advice, I look to those groups and I, I find a lot of support and meaning in them. So I think that yep. there's some good there, but you know, Facebook business pages, it can just be a destination. You know, you could have a mm -hmm. Facebook business page. You can post to it occasionally. If it's not where you love, then you should be on Instagram or Twitter mm -hmm. or wherever you love to be. Yeah. So when you have a group, it does require uh, spending time there, right? It does. It really does. So, you know, maybe it's just that you can be targeted with your time. Because I do work with a lot of people, too, who say, oh, I don't want to be on social media all day. So you have to come up with a strategy that works, whether it's that you're going to get notifications to your phone if something's on fire. But otherwise, just check it from 830 to 9 a.m. every day. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And don't think about it on the weekends, you know. Mm -hmm. So you don't, don't have to be on it 24-7. Mm -hmm. I know there's some tools with Facebook that you like add-ons for Chrome that kind of uh, take away a whole lot of distraction. Are you aware of those? I don't use those, to be honest with you. I guess I love the distraction. So. Oh, you love the distraction. I love it. Well, I'm kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of like a squirrel chasing an acorn over here and an acorn over there. I have to be careful with that, but yeah. Yeah. I, so I, is that, is that, is that ADD? I don't have ADD actually. I don't know. I think it's just that. I love to, I'd love to think about a lot of things at the same time. I just, I get bored if I'm just yep. too honed in and focused. I like to just be kind of have a lot of 
plates spinning on poles at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was diagnosed with what I call the gift of ADD. So, and I'm okay with it. It's just a yeah. matter of I have to stay away from certain things, distractions. Um, I, I'm the guy that loves to, well, it used to be, be pre-COVID, be at Starbucks, like uh, a lot of times, a couple times a week, just to be around a whole buzz of people. Mm. And that's, you know, I really, really enjoyed that. You get energy from that for sure. Yeah, I think ADD is really common. I see, I mean, obviously raising twin boys, I see their different learning styles. We all have such learning differences, the way we take in information, the way we process it, the way we share it, how, where our yeah. attention goes. So I think there's a big spectrum for all of us. Yeah, in our first conversation, I mentioned to you, I have a twin sister. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually very close to her, and we text each other every morning just to make sure that each of us are on this side of the sod. It's oh, I just, love that. Yeah, it's just a little thing. Sometimes that's it's nice. a weather report coming from, uh, she's in Washington State, um, and I'm, of course, in Southern California, so I'm always like, no, it's not 27 here. Today it's supposed to be 65. <laughs> And then she swears at me. I'm sure she does. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about being all over the map, back to social media. So I'm curious, what would you, from your view, like to see happen in social media? Or even to take it a step further, if you were going to have a platform, what would it look like? You know, I think that uh, part of this is because I'm Gen X, right? I'm not, I'm not a digital native. The two things I see, I, I hope that people still keep showing up authentically and sharing and in that way. And that gone are the days where you have to say, you know, my kid has straight A's and he just hiked Kilimanjaro and he's going on full scholarship to Harvard. I think those days are gone, which is great. Good. Um, yeah, right. It's really a problem. I mean, because then people are comparing themselves and getting depressed about it. Yeah, it's just false. It's not real. You know, we have to remind ourselves of that all the time. That's not real. So I think that sharing authentically is one thing to stay. And I, you know, if I was designing the perfect platform, I would also say don't be on social media 15 hours a day. I mean, mm. your, your phone doesn't have to be attached to your hand. You can let it go. Like, I really do try to unplug at night. I always say to clients, if you need me, text me or call me because I may not look at my email or anything on social media from 7 o'clock on. And I'm the same on the weekends. If I can be out watching one of my kids play soccer or something like that, I'd rather do that than sit on social media yeah. all day. So I think that I think social media is a fantastic medium for connection and for sharing business information, but we don't have to do it all day long, seven days a week. And it's okay to step away from it. So like being a member of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, it'd be like me hanging out the chamber all day. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you, you go down these rabbit holes, right? Where you can, yeah. you're just continually consuming information. And at the end of the day, you have a headache and you think, why do I have a headache? Well, because I just had my face in my computer or my phone all day. So I do think that it's a perfect tool, but it's just one tool in our toolbox and there are lots of others. And hopefully we will get to go back to meeting yeah. people face to face sometime soon too. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I've heard that, uh, on average, a person receives, if they're on social media and hooked up with their phone and all the rest of it, they receive 3,000 marketing messages a day. Wow. It's just yeah. like, you know, you got to unplug from that. You do. Absolutely. Because you start to believe you need things that you don't need. <laughs> and you're not making real connection when you're just, you know, constantly. Uh, yeah. I had to do a photo shoot recently for a website upgrade. So I, I was, um, 
you know, I've been purchasing different things that I thought I could wear or use for the photo shoot. And now I, I'm getting so many more advertisements, mm. but it, it is amazing that targeting and retargeting is it's real and you just do have to kind of step away. Yeah. Good. What recommendations do you have for somebody that's actually starting out brand new? I think you may have covered it a little bit, but let's just say I wanted to do some social media for my business. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing you need to know is where do the people you're selling to spend their time? And how do you find that out? Well, I mean, I guess it depends. Um, There's lots of different ways to find it out. You can find it out based on what other people who do what you do are doing. So Mm -hmm. if they're all over Instagram, you know, you probably need to be as well. You also do it based on age, right? So if you're only Mm -hmm. selling to millennials, you probably don't need to be on Facebook at all. But if you are selling to people, you know, mid-30s and up, you probably need to have a Facebook business page and have an Instagram profile. I tell people it's always a good idea to to update and optimize your LinkedIn profile. You don't Mm -hmm. have to have a company LinkedIn page, but your page itself should describe exactly who you are, should Mm -hmm. be optimized with keywords. So your titles, like (laughs) when I first started my business, I talked to this LinkedIn expert and I had put myself as CEO and founder of Serendipity Social Media. And she said to me, no one is searching for you under CEO and founder, Shannon, unless you're Steve Jobs. They're not searching for you that way. So I changed it to brand strategist, idea generator, partner, business partner. So you want to use words in your title section that are things that people would search for you. So Uh if you have a a good solid LinkedIn profile and then Facebook page and Instagram, I think you're in good shape. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have any courses up people can take or are you just leading with the VIP Yeah, I do a lot of workshops, so I can do kind of point-in-time workshops. I have one on Facebook ad campaigns. I have one on hashtag usage, um, creating a master hashtag list. And they're not recorded yet, so that's sort of on my 2020 to-do list is to create. I do have a four-week program, too, which is like we we talk about tone of voice, creating a strategy, writing great content, and then understanding analytics. Mm -hmm. And I'm recording those as four modules as well, but they're, they're not quite ready for prime time. Oh, good. Well, you will let us know when they're done, right? I will. Sure thing. Yeah, because I just really want to help myself and also help other people, you know, help them, you know, mm, absolutely. Point, them, point them to you. Yeah. So let me uh, let me ask you a question. I may have already asked you, but I'll ask again, which is give me an idea of a time in your life where you had what might be called a defining moment, like where everything mm-hmm. kind of changed for you. How many are you thinking of right now? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, it's a good thing. Yeah. So when I was young, I wanted to be Carol King, and so I remember Carol, marching up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I wanted. She she was my ideal. So I wanted. I marched up to the co- the chorus director at my elementary school and said, "I want a solo. I want to sing Maybe from Annie." She said, "Okay." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did, and that that kind of thread through the rest of my my years in school was any time I could be in a musical theater production or sing, I did it. And then, gosh, there have been a lot. I mean, graduating from college and graduate school were big for me. I was the first one in in my family to go to college. So I'm first gen. Um, I have lots of cousins who've come after me who've gone to college. And my mom actually went to college after me. Um, But those were big moments. I was really proud of myself. And I I feel like going to, I went to Mount Holyoke College, a women's college, and I feel like it changed my life. It was one of the best Mm. things I've ever done. And then, of course, marrying my husband. And then having my babies, it took me a long time to get pregnant. So having twins in 2004 was, you know, pretty fabulous. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, you know, regarding music, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but I have a interesting background in music. I mean, it was like when I was a kid, it's like at the age of 14, everybody was like getting in bands. And yeah. It was like The Doors and and uh, um, Led Zeppelin and and uh, Cream and that genre. And, and so I had this kid walk up to me and go, my friend of mine says, we're putting a band together. We need a bass player. Do you play bass? I said, I do. Great. We're going to have a rehearsal Saturday. So I went home and went to the bank and got my lawn mowing money out of the bank and <laughs> bought a Gibson EB3, which was a bass guitar and a Sun 200S, which was an amp. And that weekend I was in a band. So oh, it was awesome. like, kind of like what you just mentioned. It's just like, <laughs> I want to, I want to sing. Okay, great. Now you got to like go sing. Now you got to like prep. Now you got to do this, that. And that's not exactly how I got into podcasting, but sort of, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, put it out there. That's what I want to do. And then just find a way to make it happen. Yep, absolutely. I think we talked about that, that. I love this quote and I can never remember exactly how to say it, but it's like bravery or courage is like jumping off a cliff and building your wings on the way down. And I feel like yeah, that's exactly <laughs> I've, I've what, never heard that. Yeah, I have to look it up so I can properly attribute it. But I love that quote. Yeah, no, that's a good one. So then uh, I also ended up working with Chris Calloway, Cab Calloway's daughter. Cab Calloway was the was the guy, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. So the, so Cab comes out in a white tux singing Minnie the Moocher. Yeah. Okay. So I toured with Chris. Uh, she did the Cab Calloway Legacy Show and she was professional and she was incredible performer. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I worked with singer and songwriters and one of her protege was a woman named Madi Sato and she was half Irish and half Japanese. Oh, wow. And, she was literally raised in a cabin in, um, I want to say Arkansas or someplace, and the blues were really deep in her. So wow. it's, yeah, so it was, I just love, love, love working with singer songwriters. And there's a, actually, our voice coach is, her name is Peggy Lebo. And uh, she's a singer songwriter, very well known down here, and uh, worked with Randy Jackson for a period of time, people like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's still every morning. It's always, I'm always listening to music. So I'm just sort of curious who are you listening to these days? Anybody oh, new? Or, I love you know? so many different kinds of music. I, I me too. I listen I love, to everything. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, um, I love Sarah Bareilles. I listen yep. to her over and over again. I love the soundtrack from the, the musical waitress. Um, I love the soundtrack from Dear Evan Hansen. Any given day, you could probably hear me belting out those tunes in my kitchen as I unload the dishwasher. Um, could I God. get you to like uh, use a portable recorder to record some of that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll just put it at the end of the podcast, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Anita Baker, big fan of Carol King still could listen to her all day long, every day. James Taylor, Carly Simon, yeah. Cat Stevens. Oh, Cat um, Stevens. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Love Fleetwood Mac. Listen to that over and yeah. over again. Stevie Nicks. Love her. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, I'd lived in Santa Fe most of my adult life and lived outside of Santa Fe in a little town. Um, and there was, anyway, there was this restaurant there, a little store. And uh, I used to go in there like eh, twice a week for breakfast, you know. It was, I lived on 1,500 acres at the time. And oh, wow. With a, with a roommate and my dog, Maggie, who was Malamute and Coyote mix. And uh, so I go down to uh, Tech, or I can't remember the name of the place. Anyway, so uh, yeah. 
James Hank, uh, James Taylor used to hang out. And this was 1987, 88, something like that. And that's when a lot of the quote unquote movie stars and people were hanging in Santa Fe and nobody bothered them. It's just amazing. like they were just like normal people and met Joni Mitchell at the post office once. Wow. So I, I've never been enamored by, you know, movie stars or CEOs or none of that stuff at all. They're just people, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's great so, though. Yeah. So who do you sound mostly like? Um, on You've a good a, day, if I'm yeah. in a really good voice, probably Sarah Bareilles, maybe Carly Simon, but nice. honestly, <laughs> it depends on the day in the shower. <laughs> in the shower, the shower is always great. Is there any place we can hear you saying online? Oh, uh, probably not. Gosh, I'm trying to think the last time I sang in public. Um, it's been a while. Circle game. I think I sang circle game at my, my oh. mother's 70th birthday party. <laughs> oh, nice. so, yeah, it's been a while. I used to, it's funny. I had this whole Irish folk singing period as well. So I did a bunch of singing of Irish folk songs, but no, it's been a long time. I don't think there's anything out there. I'm a little pre social media, so there wouldn't be all these recordings. Right. Yeah. I wish that not wish, but it would be a completely different world had all this stuff existed back, back in our days, you know? Yeah. I do remember when I first started podcasting in 2005, I had a portable recorder and I took it and had it on a lot just because I was fascinated by the idea of, of capturing a conversation and just being a fly on the wall. Kind of so you thing. were podcasting before podcasting was a thing. Yeah, it was <laughs> in the transition of going from audio blogging yep. to Steve Jobs calling it podcasting. Yeah. And then Leo Laporte uh, tried to rename it netcasting, and that never flew. Mm. So it, it still is podcasting. Yep. Yeah, I, I started very, very early. Absolutely loved it. And just briefly, I started when I discovered what's called the RSS2 feed. And I looked at this this code on the Netscape browser, probably back then it was Netscape. And uh, I saw this reference to an MP3, and it was this guy, Dave, uh, Dave Weiner, who was the creator of the RSS2 specification that allowed a reference to an MP3 file to be embedded in the feed text file. I think mm. I just probably went over someone's head. But uh, <laughs> but I followed the MP3 and he was having a conversation with the buddy of his in a cafe in Florida um, one morning. And you can literally hear him say, do you mind if we record our conversation? And then he had the conversation. I'm sitting there going, what is this stuff? You know? Yeah. And then... Uh, in 2005, I met a gentleman at a party named Jeffrey Milburn. Um, he had an art forum called OmniArt. And he told me a story about being in New York City at a uh, New Year's Eve party. And everybody was doing like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, except for Jeffrey and one other guy that was sitting on the couch with him. And it was Andy Warhol. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they became really, really good friends. And Andy believed that Jeffrey's OmniArt form, which was kind of a new age consciousness, three-dimensional hang off the wall kind of a thing, might be the next big thing in art. And then Andy, um, Andy went in for a medical procedure and died in the recovery room. Oh, wow. Leaving yeah. Jeffrey stranded. And he took his art form to Madonna and Sting and nobody really wanted to have anything to do with it. And I thought, I got to tell this story. Yeah. So we started the podcast. Jeffrey still does it today. He's had a half a million downloads over the course of many years. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so yes, I'm a I love podcasting. How would you like to end this? What would you like to say that you think people need to hear, no matter what the topic is? I think I would like to say spend a little time thinking about your tone of voice, whether it's in your personal life, your business life, whether it's the way you're showing up on social media the way you're talking to people if you're a speaker and you're out at different forums. Mm -hmm. And think about how you can use your words in a way to really connect with people. Because the other mm -hmm. thing I think, you know, people are so afraid to use the wrong words right now sometimes, mm -hmm. right? There's so much going on in our country. And I think, I think we have to choose our words wisely. But I think we can also, we can talk about anything. If you, if you really understand your tone of voice and you use your words for good as opposed to for right. evil. Right, respectfully. Mm, absolutely. Nice. Um, one thing I've learned is, Shannon, as an example, it would be disrespectful to you for me to believe that you couldn't handle what I would want to say to you, mm -hmm. as long as it's not hurtful or any of that stuff at all. And I just think people need to be in conversation and express their views and yeah. be able to, and be willing to walk in another person's moccasin, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And to ask questions when you don't understand something and to try mm -hmm. to understand, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. I want to remind everybody that uh, you can get what has my attention, this podcast anywhere you get your audio we used to say where you get your podcast but the truth is now it's on amazon music and truly any place you get your audio you can get any kind of podcast whatsoever and if you want to find out more about what we're doing visit imaginepodcasting.com and reach out to us and then shannon i want you to leave with the best way to get in touch with you and how you you know what people are going to expect yeah, absolutely. Well, as you mentioned, my website is serendipitysocialmedia.com and my email is shannon at serendipitysocialmedia.com. So I am happy to respond to anyone, book some time and, and have a chat. And you'll end up having a lot of fun, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being here. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I loved it. Produced by Imagine Podcasting, we help businesses eliminate competition by elevating their brand and message to be heard. Visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information. 